0: There we go. That's a little better. I'll take ownership of that. It's December, and we're getting this tease right now of 40 degree weather. Where, on one level, it's nice to have the warm up, but on another level, our cars don't like it as some of us slide around parking lots and whatnot. And so, many of our imaginations, as I heard even coming to the Narthex this morning, want something like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Let's go to a tropical island. You and I will make a trip, plan it out, pack the bags, be young again, and throw rocks into the ocean. Well, traveling. A lot of us are going to be doing that up and coming. And uh, to put a little emphasis on our, our passion for traveling as Americans, 2016 statistics says Americans spend over $683 billion on traveling both domestically and internationally, gets into the trillions when you throw in all the economic output generated from our travels. That's amazing. And young people are increasingly traveling more and more, a bigger chunk of that piece. And, of course, there are some of us who won't be traveling for various different reasons, not the least of which might be work or age or situation or life is what it is, so what about the rest of us? Never fear. There's another billion-dollar industry rising called travel media. Travel media. Documentaries and shows that, with the click of a button, can take us to exotic locales, like the one behind me. And some have you know, themes to cue in our interests, like the best beaches, or the best fishing places, or, Customs to get to meet local people, or of course, our passion as Americans food. Lots and lots of food, even bizarre foods. Some are practical and teach us the basics of traveling tips. The granddaddy of the mall, who I think is still on PBS, and I hate to say it, I think he's a Lutheran. This guy here might ring a bell. Rick Steves. He is a Lutheran. I came across that. Um, yeah. I don't want to see that. Let's go back to that. (laughs) Let's go back to the beach, not Rick Steves. So, yeah, we we travel whether physically or in our mind. I I think we all have our dream destination. And maybe it does look something like what's behind me. Now, a word of warning. The picture behind me is sort of a, a tropical beach. But it's not the Bahamas or in the caribbean and it's not hawaii it's actually this rock of an island in the middle of the atlantic ocean really in the middle of nowhere and it's pronounced saint helena this is the island of historical fame where napoleon was exiled he couldn't leave it it was a prison to him and that's where he died under much speculation he wanted nothing better than to get off this tropical rock Which takes us to the point that one person's paradise might be another person's you fill in the blank. So we have to take that in mind, where our destinations take us. But I think at the end of the day, no matter where we end up, whether up here or out there, at some point we have our longing to come home, especially this time of the year. And in our traveler's tales, we hopefully gather in places like this and some of us want to travel to places like this and I'm one of those saps who likes winter and all that but to gather around a roaring fire be hypnotized by it I was going to attempt to put up the Yule log which appears on YouTube every year blazing fire but I didn't want to destroy the animation of our system here today but there's something relaxing about coming home and gathering around hearth and being with family and friends but we're not there yet Christmas isn't here, and we're still traveling to get there, and we're still preparing the way, throwing the snow snow brush in the back seat of the car or getting our vaccines for the visa, whatever. And I think as all good travelers know, whether we're headed up north or down south or just a click away, is at some point you have to settle down and pause and relax, enjoy the scenery get off the ride, talk to people, be of good cheer, and absorb where you're at. So that's very true of where we're at in Advent this week, to sit down and chill. With that in mind, third candle's lit. As a few of the kids came in here this morning as I heard, it's the pink one, it's the pink, it is the pink one. It's the rose candle, the rose candle. By the way, the Advent wreath, as I think some of you know, was invented by German Lutherans, so we need to take some ownership of this. We'll come back to that pink candle in a moment, but there was a a custom with each of the four Advent candles, not the guy in the middle, but the four Advent candles, that each candle represented a thousand years from creation to the coming of Christ, hence Advent, all the preparation and planning it involved. The one for this Sunday is a reminder that In the midst of all of it, we need to, as Pastor Shellhorn reminded us before we made our confession, to slow down and rejoice. And are we taking the time to listen to the word of God for us today? Yeah, this candle's a little different. This week may be a little different for us. But it's important that we pause. So slow down, slow down. I know there's last minute shopping, I know there's baking plans, I know there's preparing for travels and visits, and last minute parties we got roped into, last minute chores, oh yeah, we still need basic supplies, but slow down, slow down. As I said to a number of my students here this week, chill out, chill out, chill out. out. My idea of a bad travel package is to be so constantly moving, so constantly doing this in some type of prepackaged thing that you can't get to, to slow down, to relax, to, to get that freeze frame moment that we need, to get that foretaste. I think, of joy. And I think that's in part because sometimes we're afraid to let go, not to be wild and uninhibited, but to take the moment for what it is to enjoy the scenery, or as one famous poet sang, to really take a peek at the stars out because you can see the stars and still not see the light. That's right. We've got to do that. We've got to do that. And the scripture readings today take us deeper, way deeper in this call to pause and to chill. Yeah, life is a journey, but what's a journey without a destination? The readings today beg us to pick our heads out from staring at the ground and to pull our heads up above the canopy and to get a glimpse of what direction God is calling us toward. We'll come back to that in a bit, but where are we headed? Where are we headed? Or think of it like this, you know, we can get all the great traveling advice we want from people like Rick Steves or Anthony Bourdain or whoever you want to list, but these readings take us way, way deeper. And the first three in particular emphasize this whole pivot that we think about with that candle up there, this theme of joy, this theme of joy. I came across that recently in my own life when I gathered at the dinner table and I heard certain family members of mine, certain children screaming and bickering. Imagine that leading up to Christmas, kids fighting. (laughs) And I heard one of them say, I think we need more joy in the house. And I paused from eating and just kind of nodded. We need more joy in our lives. That's true. And we need it beyond just a carol. We need it just beyond a nice sentiment of Christmas cards and ornaments or even a candle. So what does joy mean then? Because I think we sometimes just gravitate towards a pleasure or a delight or a a sense of triumph. Look what I did. or a feeling of total content in this. And while Scripture upholds all of these on one level, there's a deeper sense conveyed here of rejoicing, of it being proclaimed, going outward. That's part of it all right here. Joy is being proclaimed. Do you follow that? It's not about going inward. It's not about, as I might want to do someday, sitting down and eating a big box of Christmas chocolates in one hour saying, boy, that gave me a sense of joy. And then an hour later, realizing that was really foolish. That was really foolish. This proclaiming takes us outward, outward, beyond ourselves. Isaiah, the song of Mary, which we sang instead of the psalm, and St. Paul, whether spoken aloud or in writ, proclaimed publicly, outwardly, of a deeper joy that will come, or in the case of St. Paul, has already come. If something is the greatest joy, we can't hold it inside. We can't just consume it for ourselves. Isaiah all say, we need to go public, and especially if it deals with matters of, of who God is and, and our salvation. Now, the context of going public is important with all these Scripture readings, and in Isaiah, we're, we're called to rejoice as the prophet calls us of all things to serve, to be a servant. Rejoicing doing that type of stuff for others. Bending low. Feeding the needs of others. It's not a popular topic then and it isn't now. But do we take joy in those moments of lowliness? What well, we might think of the backbreaking work of thinking of others than ourselves. Of our own sense of joy on the side and realizing the sense of joy we give to others is even deeper yet. That canticle from Luke, the Magnificat, that great... Great song of Mary we sang. The basic gist of it is Mary visits Cousin Elizabeth. Cousin Elizabeth is astounded by Mary's story and her faith. And after hearing her revelation, Mary breaks back into song and proclaims for the ages of joy that even today seems completely and totally impossible. You know, that God has come to save us in this completely unimaginable way. An unborn child through an unmarried woman. Imagine the stress, imagine the gossip, imagine the sense of helplessness. And yet hearing Mary proclaims her own act of being a servant of God as pure joy. Then St. Paul, writing a time of great anxiety in the church, unfailingly states that Christ, hey, he will come again. That there will be a day of vindication, but in the meantime, we're to be in in ceaseless, ongoing prayer. That's how we should lead our lives. Not as some all-inclusive package trip to St. Helena or anywhere else, or to eat a giant box of Christmas chocolates, but to be blameless, to be pure, to be that temple, body, mind, and soul, because of the joy God has already given us. Joy is a funny word, isn't it? In the original languages, with all of these biblical scripture passages, joy is an active word, an action word, a word of conviction and intention, and as already made clear, it's, it's meant to be outward, meant to go beyond ourselves. Or in the case of even Mary, of, of taking in the moment and letting joy pour forth from our very mouth, and in the process, slowing down but it is the gospel reading where things get real. The word joy doesn't appear here at all. It doesn't because it doesn't need to. John the Baptist, who's standing in the place for all who have come before in this long line, this journey of planning and preparing of the prophets, is is proclaiming joy through his very life. Follow me on this. John the Baptist in the early church and in some churches still today isn't called John the Baptist at all, but John the Forerunner. That's a lovely name, isn't it? It sounds like, you know, some position on a track team or cross country. Hey, John the forerunner went ahead. You've got to follow him, which on one level is sort of true. The forerunner is not a bad way to describe him, but I would think after this reading today, we might call John the Baptist, John the forerunner as John the self-effacer. Because John is always redirecting the attention, never towards himself, but away and towards the coming of Christ. The light is always put upon Jesus and not himself. All that he says, even his actions of baptizing, is not about him. It's the joy in preparing the way. Now, what's that got to do with joy? Do we ever hear John complain? Do we ever hear him say, woe is me, I'm eating locusts and wild honey. John is absolutely convicted of his calling. His very life rejoices, no matter the trial or temptation, no matter the road that needs to be straightened. I find this especially interesting because in the reading today, John is doing all of this in Bethany, the very place where Lazarus would be raised and the very place where Jesus last appears before he ascends to heaven. All these scripture readings use Joy is an expression toward God. The height of our sense of joy as a Christian is in following these examples of, say, John or Mary by testifying to the light of Christ, but not just in those spectacular moments, but ceaselessly, daily, even in those humdrum things we do like shopping or baking or picking up the phone and realizing, it's Aunt Ethel! Nothing bad on Aunt Ethel. Last week, Pastor Milky used the word coming to express the meaning behind Advent. Christ's coming. And most certainly this is true. For this week of joy, it's our response. Christ is coming, so are, are we rejoicing? Are we preparing? Or are we begrudging? If we're truly anticipating something, we will go at great lengths to get things in place and not lose that sense of anticipation because we're doing it for the right reasons. That sense of joy, something not static but dynamic, alive in our lives. And so what is this, what is this all we're doing? What are we longing for? Salvation, the Christmas message. That's what God is calling us toward. I know we know that. I know we don't really need to be reminded of it, but we still have to prepare. We still have to find that light in the darkness and make sure our own lights are directed towards it as it shines upon us. So great. That's wonderful. But I have to, have to close with this because it's December 2017. Christ has come. Christ will come again. We say that a lot. But what about today? And for this Sunday in particular, we're reminded in our own way that the enemy can become more subtle and sabotage our preparations and our rejoicings through distractions and substitutions. And all those begrudging obligations become just that. I can't think of a modern writer who's written more about the topic of joy than C.S. Lewis I know many of you are familiar with him through his novels, C.S. Lewis. A few quotes. I sometimes wonder whether all pleasures are not substitutes for joy. Yeah. We can kind of be numbed by all of these substitutes this time of the year. And then this one. The long, dull, monotonous years of middle-aged prosperity, or middle-aged adversity are excellent campaigning weather for the devil. That's the danger we face this Sunday. We turn joy and comfort as a means to an end, all on our terms. Click of a button. You know, there it is. We ordered it. Joy is coming to our very door, prepackaged, online, wrapped for us. Instead of becoming a people of faith, going outward on the road of life to greet others and to share this joy, we start outside of ourselves, always looking inward for something that just isn't there. And like a cavity, we try and fill it with things that are just mere substitutions. We crave the light, but we consume darkness because we can do so on our terms and even make it sound noble. For C.S. Lewis, joy was something that went beyond words and often came at unexpected times in his own life and travels, like a distant longing. Like John the Baptist, the planning and preparation is not about finding joy, but creating opportunities for God's joy to find us. That's the key to the Advent road, that we still travel, even this December. Lewis describes us from his own life experiences, as a former atheist, I might add, as coming across little signposts that guide us, no matter our mood or sense of doubt. We testify to the light, the very light of Christ. And joy, whether it happens immediately or not, it will come in due season. But in the meantime, we still travel onward. We still travel. So with all that in mind, as we prepare for the festivities the next week, and we hopefully have some type of image like the one behind me, that sense of family, of coming home, whatever that may be, may our preparations be times of joy. May we find ourselves being surprised by it, even those people that come unexpectedly, even in those moments when we're out and about shopping or doing those things that we have to do. May joy hit us in those unplanned moments and may we lift it up beyond the hustle and bustle here home in your travels and slow down slow down and prepare the way for what god has already done amen